Welcome to another edition of West of Everest. I am Lee Benson, and it's the morning after Caleb Williams' first career start as he helped the Sooners to a 52-31 win over TCU. Oklahoma is now 7-0 for the first time since 2019. Wasn't that long ago. Joining me to break down the game, a man who would pass on unlimited amounts of slim chickens only to take one bite out of one chicken finger from Raising Cane's. That man, of course, is Grant Benson. What's up, Grant? Now, that's actually true. That is that is a that's a true thing that you just said. Um, yeah, I was I don't I'm not a not a fan of slim chickens. That's it's just it's it's like it's Cane's that's pretending to be Cane's, but it's not. It's just an abomination. Yeah. Do you want to tell the quick backstory of why I even brought that up? Because you were at the game last night, and I think you saw something that triggered your your uh, loathing of raising uh, of slim chickens and your love of canes. Correct? No, I mean it was just I I was kind of walking around after the game, and it was you know I mean the the rows and the in the sections were were pretty dirty, and I just saw a lot of a uh, lot of slim chickens boxes just laying around, and I just thought to myself. Man, poor souls who had to consume that, and what well, just get just it's like I wonder if Canes is just too expensive for the OU athletic department. That branding is just way too much these days. <laughs> I feel like there's a Spencer Rattler joke in there somewhere, uh, but I can't locate it right now. Considering, well, he, uh, yeah. Uh, and speaking of, uh, by the way, uh, can't imagine that Slim Chickens will be reaching out to the West of Everest podcast for any sort of advertising, which is fine because we don't do that here on the show, anyways. So I guess. We can say whatever we want about any other product, um, but uh, all right, let's no more like like messing around here. Let's jump into what we saw. And okay, so Caleb Williams. At this point, doesn't it seem like uh, anytime you see anybody say something about him, or you even think something about him? You have to really dig deep and try extra hard to not be ultra generic because I think literally every single positive thing about him has now already been said, and he's only started one game in his career for Oklahoma. It's it's pretty incredible. It's yeah. I mean, the question is right now. It's like how how much is too much in terms of the rhetoric, and I don't know. It's like it's I I think I think it it'd be pretty easy in the situation to kind of pump the brakes and say. Now, come on, it's only been like seven quarters. Let's not get carried away. But that's boring as hell. Have some fun. This is awesome. Like, I, he's, I, you know, I, I was at the game on, on Saturday night, and uh, I was able to rewatch it again on, you know, the, the TV broadcast. And just some of the stuff that he was doing is, it's, you kind of shake your head in, in disbelief. And you start to think, you're, I mean, it's like, it's, it's quarterback play that we've absolutely seen at Oklahoma in the last handful of seasons. It, it's up to that caliber. But the guy, it, a true freshman's never done it, though. That's, that's never happened, really, at, at OU. And like, I mean, that's, it's just crazy to see his poise and just his, his, his easy athletic ability. And, I, I mean, it's, it's super easy to get carried away just sort of fantasizing about what, what he can be. And just also, I mean, geez, man, he, they have him for another, another two seasons after this. It's just, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, we're going to, we're going to get into it like pretty, pretty deep here, but I'm, I'm excited about Caleb Williams. The guy is, he's clearly special. There's clearly something about him that is, that is, that is different than others. And right now I'm just, I'm just hoping or that, 
that it takes OU a, a long way. And I'm just I'm going to try to enjoy the ride because, I mean, this this could be a lot of fun for yeah, sure. Again, we all expected it to be Caleb Williams, but even in pregame warmups, it certainly seemed like I, I know at, at times both players, Rattler and Williams, were repping with the ones at different times during warmups. And so it was difficult to get that 100% thought that, okay, like is is Lincoln Riley really going to start Spencer Rattler in this game? And, and of course, he, he didn't. And whenever they announced Caleb Williams inside the stadium, there was a, a pretty huge uproar. And I know you were inside there. I thought it was a pretty – it might have been the loudest it got all night, honestly, uh, whenever they announced Caleb Williams in the stadium. Did you th- – was, was that the loudest maybe it got all night? Or did it equal some of the cheers during some of the touchdown passes and whatnot? I don't know. I, I kind of – I mean, it was it – was la- I mean, that was the loudest and it got in the pregame for sure. Um, I thought in the pregame, the crowd was pretty stale there. Like there wasn't a lot of energy in the place, but also, I mean, when I rewatched it on TV, the crowd seemed pretty good for the most part. So maybe I just, you know, you kind of get a warped sense when you're in the building. I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, people were excited obviously. And I was right there. I mean, I was watching them warm up. It looked to me that Rattler was taking a majority of the snaps with the ones and warmups. He was also warming up with Andrew Rame, uh, and, and Williams is warming up with Conjol. So no, I, I mean, there was, there was sort of an idea in my head, like, nah. I mean, he wouldn't really, would he? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then so I, I was, I was surprised that he was announced as the starter on the video board. That that surprised me a lot, actually. I, I thought that they would just, that they would just omit that part from the. That's that's what that, actually that's actually what they did at Kansas State. They didn't announce any sort of quarterback starter. Uh, Kansas State didn't when Skylar Thompson came into play. Well, perhaps maybe Kansas State doesn't have that as part of their pregame script in the stadium. I want to say that Oklahoma, I can't remember. This is so bad that I've been to so many games, but I honestly can't even remember the details of what they do pregame. Like, I want to say they only announce one side of the ball. But did they announce the defense, too? Am I just making that up? I feel yeah, like they, they just, did the projected defensive and offensive oh, starters. Okay, well, then there you go. I, for some reason, I was thinking that maybe they only picked one per game that oh we'll do the defense today and maybe next time we'll do the okay so they did both man that just shows you how i check out pregame sometimes where it's like okay let's get this game going come on come on guys okay so for whatever reason i thought maybe they only did one you know what i think you know what it is this is dumb back in high school they would only they would pick a unit to announce as starters to get everyone to cheer and so sometimes it would be the offense, sometimes it would be the defense, sometimes it would be like the kickoff team, sometimes it would be the punt return team. You guys don't care about that, but that's probably why I thought that, even though that has nothing that's to do with football. That's what I was thinking, football. too. That's, that's what I thought you were thinking about. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, Caleb Williams comes out. That opening drive, we were texting back and forth. I was on the field shooting it. You were in the crowd. That, didn't that seem just like the easiest drive of the season? Like. Immediately, I know a lot of people thought that's what Oklahoma's offense is supposed to look like. And I know we got that last week when Caleb Williams came in against Texas. But from series one, where it was just boom, boom, explosive play, Kennedy Brooks, boom, boom, kind of some quick short passes, get him in a groove, get him comfortable, touchdown. And it was like, all right, well, that that seemingly it's happened a couple of times this season. But man, I mean, not really as easy as that right out of the gates and when that happened i'm sure like everybody you probably thought like like me like okay i mean geez where, where was this like we had kind of hoped this would happen but man like we were hoping that good things would happen with caleb williams and immediately they did 
mean, it, it was, was ho hum. It was yeah. it was about as ho hum as a of a touchdown drive as you can really have. I mean, it was just. I think it was six plays, six plays, seventy five yards, just kind of yawn. Twenty yards here, fifteen yards here, eh, whatever. And it was great. I mean, and that's like that. That's that's what the offense looked like when it was really humming and in 17, 18, and 19. And so, that, I mean, that was great to see. Um, yeah, I mean, that talk about a game. I mean, that's the first time, really, how that game played out right at the beginning. That's the first time that's happened this season where OU has just jumped on someone like that. I mean, that's that, that's kind of exact. The game script right at the beginning went perfectly for OU. They score, you know, in, in six plays on their first drive. Defense gets a three and out, and then they score really easily on drive two again. And I was telling you after the game, I was the, the the thought creeped into my mind. I was like, "Geez, man! I mean, they've just—I mean, they've absolutely dominated this these the first three possessions of this game. Like, I mean, is it? Could they run them out of this building? And honestly, I mean, they should have, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, maybe that's that 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 that's sort of expecting too much of this team so far. And maybe we should just kind of accept that they that they beat an actual FBS team by three touchdowns. Yeah, and. To your point, the way the game started, and you mentioned the defense and how they got off the field, early on in that game, it, it, everything was coming together that we were all theorizing as best-case scenario of, you know, not only is the offense playing better with Caleb Williams in, but, hey, maybe the defense can, for some, some reason, play better. And they get off the field right away, and, you know, it's 14 to nothing, and we're all kind of like, okay, wow. Like, and the defense had TCU third and long on the next series as well, and they gave up a long Duggan scramble and then ended up giving up a touchdown. The third and seven Duggan scramble drove me insane. Absolutely drove me insane. I felt like in the stadium, I felt like that was a big play. Uh, I felt like that was a really big play for, for TCU to make. And uh, I mean, it was just, it was, it was frustrating because, you know, Duggan had to break a couple of tackles and, um, I, you know, I don't know. It, 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 that, that felt like it gave TCU juice. I think they scored two plays later after that. Um, and then, of course, the long touchdown run, Kendra Miller. I mean, that was just awful tackling. I, I just, I can't, that was just low effort, bad tackling. And so, I mean, that's, I kind of came, I kind of came away from this game where it's just thinking to myself, hey, you know what? The defense isn't very good. Uh, you know, the, it's, it's obvious that they're really struggling with the, with the health and the secondary, you know, not, not having Woody and DTYs is a really big deal for them, um, they need to get healthy first and foremost there, and maybe then we we you know we can, uh, we can reconsider their their ceiling and whatnot. And I mean, DJ Graham didn't play a majority of the game. It looked like it was a concussion. That's speculation, but I, I mean, I think somebody has probably confirmed that. Uh, they got to get healthy there because I mean, right now in the secondary, they're just bad in the secondary. It's they're just far too many easy yards, and. This is honestly going to be one of the last things I, I say about the defense because I came away from that game thinking like, eh, honestly, I kind of the defense is what it is right now. Um, if 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 OU's offense is going to look like that the rest of the season, that's going to be enough to win the Big Twelve, I think. Um, but it's just I you know they're so injured in the secondary. I, I just take it take it game to game. Like I don't even really want to talk about the defense. I'd much rather just talk about how great the offense looked and how great Caleb Williams looked like. Um, defense is what it is right now. Yeah, you're right. It's not very good. It's not very good. TCU's got a really good offense. And I know we didn't preview TCU that in depth in the midweek podcast, but you know, we agreed. You know, it's like, listen, the, the offense is good. You know, the defense is not good, uh, but the offense is good. They're going to be able to move the ball and they're probably going to score some points against this Oklahoma defense. And 
TCU ends up outgaining Oklahoma, uh, 7.9 yards per play, almost eight yards per play. Uh, and, they, and they committed almost 10, I mean, they committed nine penalties, over 100 penalty yards, and still were able to put up 31 points. Uh, I mean, Max Duggan had an incredible stat line, and he was 20 of 30, 346, four touchdowns, no picks. Didn't even get close to throwing a pick. Uh, also ran it for 45 yards and a touchdown. Oh, he got, he definitely got close to throwing a pick. Eaton basically oh, sorry. picked him off. You're right. My bad. Yeah. How, how could I forget that? <laughs> uh, Eaton makes, like, honestly, until, uh, until Quentin Johnston just, ap- just muscled that ball away. And it was like Johnson just stole it from Eaton. Um, I mean, that was like, I was thinking like, that was the best play an OU defensive back had made all season. Up to that point. Well, and then he didn't make it. And it was another game. I, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a play that he made, but man, it was it was perfect all the way up until he got the ball taken away from him. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it seems like in previous years before Alex Grinch, whatever, it's it's like, man, why does it seem like all these teams make these plays against Oklahoma secondary? And it's like, yeah, they're so close. But it's like, yeah, but they never make these plays. So it's almost like, okay, something's going on. And it was another... Another night where after the game, Alex Grinch told us over and over again that maybe you got to coach it better. We got to get better. It's it's talked about the secondary, how it's it's snowballed the last few weeks. We're getting plays made against us. We got some young freshmen out there, you know, and he's always as a coach. He says, I ask myself, how can I put them in better situations? And he said, first thing is, you know, you can grab them and explain to them that, hey, you're out there for a reason to try to keep their confidence level up. Like we brought you in here because we know that you can make these plays but you got to go do it on Saturdays. And, you know, I, it, over and over and over again, we're just hearing, listen, I got to coach it better. We got to play better. Um, and it's like, yeah, they made enough plays in that game to eventually win the game, which is the number one thing. And, and Grinch, he's always self-deprecating. He, he, last night he said, hey, you know, despite, you know, like that, like I know that there's better football in us, but I know that we're being proven wrong <laughs> recently over and over, but we still have belief in this group and the best balls in front of us, which is a line that we've heard from Lincoln Riley a lot, a line that Alex Grinch has said a lot. But at this point, man, talk is cheap. Words are hollow. Uh, I, I did like what Grinch said after the game. He said that, you know, he said, hey, I, you guys watch about probably about as much as football as I do. You know, you guys see a lot of football and you see a team's putting the ball up into coverage. They're willing to throw it up there against our secondary and a lot of the times you see what can be called 50-50 balls against our defense. But against us, those 50-50 balls are actually pretty high percentage throws because we're failing to make a lot of plays. And it's like, yeah, you're right. But also, it's not even 50-50 balls that are that big of a problem sometimes. It's just guys are literally just wide open. I mean, it's not even a difficult read for these quarterbacks. I mean, there was a couple of plays late in that game I was asking you or talking to you after the game because I can't always see a good look at it all the time. Back-to-back plays where there were completions along the sideline, the far sideline from my vantage point, just wide open, nobody around. And I'm thinking, where's the corner? Where, where's anybody? I mean, wh- it, this, is, this is so easy. And it goes back to what I've said over and over again on this podcast, Grant. And I'm just going to theorize because I haven't watched the tape back of this game. But I'm just going to go ahead and guess this is probably what happened. High-level offensive coaches, and not even high-level anymore, just college offensive coordinators that watch Oklahoma's tape over and over again of the defense, they can scheme up open men. They know how to find the open holes in this defense. And it's happening over and over and over again, and it's super easy to throw the football on this team, and we're seeing it. 
Now, last night, Max Duggan, Casey Thompson had really no problems. Skylar Thompson had no problems. It's just you get a little bit of a time to throw against his Oklahoma secondary, just a little bit of time, and boy, it's, it's going to be easy pickings against that back end. But I'm mostly with you, even though I just filibustered about the defense. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it much because it is what it is. They got to get better. The offense is what's new and different and good. But I'll, I'll pause and, and let you comment if you have anything else to say about what I just said about the defense. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think right now their best case scenario is that Caleb Williams and the offense continue their momentum, continue to, to give them a little bit more breathing room in terms of kind of finding themselves. Um, and then you just you hope that they get healthy. Hope that they get healthy and hope that that the moment that that momentum can kind of carry them to to some better play. And then, you know, I mean, who knows? Like, I mean, they, maybe they get way, way better when Jalen Redmond is back too. Um, you know, which is I you know, I really do think uh him him and Nick Benito, probably two best players on the defense. Um, and so you hope they you get him back. We I mean, who I I don't know about Woody Washington. I, I have no idea, but I mean you you, you would hope I mean, you gotta you got Maybe the two worst teams in the Big 12 coming up here, their, your next two games, maybe, uh, and then a bye week. You hope I got you got to hope you can maybe get Woody back and DTY in that in that time frame, and then and then reassess and then see you know are are they playing better when those guys are back, and then you just you hope for for momentum uh, to to carry him through. So we'll see. They are what they are right now. Um, this is it is it is what it is, man. This is. This is not. This is not at all where we thought this team was going to be. I think seven games in. The only thing that we thought that they would be is seven and zero, and they are. But I. Let's just say what it is right now. This OU team is is really dependent on their true freshman quarterback right now <laughs> to kind of to kind of carry them, and isn't it like I think typically that would be just a a, a terrible and frightening proposition, but. I think I speak for a lot of the fan base right now where what we've seen so far from Caleb Williams, that gives me some comfort. Like I I'm like, this guy is, I'll, I'm going to ride with this guy. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me up to this point that a lot is on his shoulders because he, it looks like he is 100% ready for the moment. And I, this is a, you know, I, it, this is kind of what it felt like in the stadium watching. You know, I didn't, I was in one of the end zones, so I didn't have like a huge up, up top view or anything. And uh, you know, watching it again on on TV, TCU, they, their game plan really was to to stop the run and make sure that OU couldn't, you know, couldn't break off big big run plays. And they did every now and then. It was really, you know, I TCU for the most part was shut down the run fairly fairly well. They just kind of let a few get loose. Um, they did. I mean, it was there. There was they, they had a lot of stuffs at the line of scrimmage. Is essentially what I'm saying. But. Um, they dared Caleb Williams to beat him to beat them down the field, and he did. Like he he did repeatedly, over and over and over again. And I think that's I that's if Caleb Williams is is who OU needs him to be. That's obviously great to see. That was the first kind of test where the other team was going to put it all on his shoulders to beat him with his arm, and he did. I mean, there was dudes running open the entire game. And so, I mean, another underrated aspect of that is OU's receivers winning one-on-one consistently throughout the game. And that was that was great to see. Really, really, really great to see. I'm I'm fired up, really fired up to keep watching this guy play. Yeah, real. I, he's uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, real quick on the injury stuff. Riley commented after the game. Uh, he says he doesn't think that anybody's going to be out long term. He says we hope we get a handful 
of guys back here in the next couple of weeks, some sooner than others. We have a chance to get a bunch of these guys back here pretty quick, which would be good. And specifically, he was asked about the secondary players. And But I'm assuming he's talking about everybody there. And so here's my totally uh, just going to guess. I have no inside information just based on if, if I'm – a coach if I'm in that program and like what I'm probably thinking and also kind of like what I what I've heard and what I kind of know about a little bit of these injuries kind of their 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 uh their severity I would bet and hope that uh, they're probably hoping to get a lot of these players back at the latest after the bye week after the bye week I mean because they got Kansas coming up then they got Texas Tech then they got a bye so about a month from now maybe maybe a month from now would be the earliest we could maybe see Woody Washington based on kind of the some rumblings I've kind of heard what, what's going on with him. And still that that might be a bit optimistic, unfortunately, to say here. And I'm just speculating. Again, no one, n- not really any inside information. But when it comes to Delarian Turner-Yell, uh, hopefully DJ Graham, uh, Jalen Redmond, I, I think maybe Redmond even when his injury came out, there was there was a reported timetable of – not too terribly long, but I mean, you got to think that they're hoping to get to that bye week and then use that extra week and then come out from the bye with what they'll have three more regular season games left after that, after the bye week, hoping that they're going to be pretty much back to full. And like health. it's shaping up. It's shaping up. I mean, they got uh, they, they got two games here to kind of get their get their stuff together, get their poop in the group, if you will. <laughs> oh my God. And um, <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to have to edit uh, because, that out. I mean, they never heard that before. It's stupid. No, don't edit that out. That's hilarious. Um. Okay. I I was just gonna say though. I you got the two games here, and then they're what, the quote unquote championship November. Lee, they're gonna play probably the three best teams in the Big Twelve that are not Oklahoma. Back to back to back with Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State, and also depending on how you look at it, maybe I mean that's back to back to back kind of top 15 top 20 type defenses probably the three best defenses that they've seen this season back to back to back and so I mean it's they're going to be tested I mean this is definitely going to be the most challenging November that I that that they've, they've probably had under Riley in terms of their schedule and I mean you saw I mean Iowa State has started to play a lot better um Baylor kind of handled BYU really easily, and they're, they've been playing really good defense this season. You know, Dave Aranda is gonna ha- is gonna present some problems schematically, uh, and then Oklahoma and Bedlam Stillwater is gonna be crazy. That environment's going to be insane. So um, it's set. I mean, and that could be one of the things that sucks, and it's just like oh, they kind of fall apart. But it it could also be the makings of a really fun November as well. Um, so yeah, you, you hope you get all those guys healthy back for that stretch run because I mean that's a really exciting November. It, it really is. Yeah, and two um, of those three games on the road. Ah, oh man. I'm. Uh, so that's – and I mean, they, yeah. they play well on the road. They have historically. Uh, good point, though. Yeah, I haven't even thought about that that far ahead yet, but now that you put it out there and you paint a picture of it, wow, you're right. I mean, that is – that's a heck of a stretch. And also, I mean, if they – and if they get through there, they're going to play a Big 12 championship game, most likely in a rematch against one of those three teams, probably Oklahoma State or Iowa State. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff. Uh, so they're going to earn it. I mean, if they if they get through this, they'll definitely earn it for sure. But I kind of it's like my I, I like I hope the universe works out in this sort of weird way where it's just like, you know, the first half of the season, there was a bunch of nail biters and maybe they just 
Like, hopefully they just kind of step on the gas and hit their stride. And I think, a, you know, a, a quarterback that has a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence, and is playing well, I mean, that that can really, that can really, really ignite a football team. And we've, like, we've seen that. I mean, we, that's, we, we've seen that numerous times uh, over the last handful of years. So, I don't know. It's, it's crazy just to think that Caleb Williams has absolutely showed that ability to the point where it's not crazy to think where that, that could happen. All right, so yeah, by the way, his stat line, if you haven't seen it, 18-23, 295 through the air, four touchdown passes. And he also added nine carries for 66 yards and that really neat touchdown run. And uh, I was up top for the second half and I saw that run, so I had a nice view of it just for, like from you know a, a bird's eye view. And uh, it's just, I texted you after that. I was like, that was a really awesome run. It was just, it was... It's just exciting, man. I, it's again, like I, I started the podcast by saying, like, what do you say? Like, what else do we say about him? Because everybody said everything about him at this point. It's almost like you, you sound like you're just copying somebody else's work by just saying nice things about Caleb Williams. Because everything that's been said has been said, and it's all true. Uh, you, you're you're trying to find interesting things to say about him, but just like his ability to, you know, hey, zone read keeper, boom, forty one yards touchdown. That that's not in the playbook of Spencer Rattler. It just isn't. We know that. It's just it, but it it's there. It represents that that fear for the defense, and and it was. And you know what? Like I don't blame Gary Patterson for having a strategy of like, all right, let's stop the run, stop the run, and let's just see if this freshman let's let's make him beat us because he's a freshman. I know he played good against Texas, but and that's kind of what Gary Patterson's tried to do against Oklahoma anyways over the years. He he really tries to stop that run game for Oklahoma because they build everything off of it. And Oklahoma consistently has beaten TCU, no matter who the quarterback is. I mean, Lincoln Riley's offense is really good against Gary Patterson and TCU, whether it's Baker Mayfield, whether it's Jalen Hurts, whether it's Kyler Murray, and whether it was Spencer Rattler last year. But Spencer Rattler, even though he had a lot of success against TCU, he was, of all those quarterbacks, he was, he's at the bottom of it as far as production-wise when you compare it to Hurts, Murray. Actually, that's not necessarily true. Hurts only put up 28 against TCU and threw a pick six. So I take that back. I think Rattler probably did better against TCU than Hurts, but it doesn't matter. I think, yeah, I mean, it depends on how much you want to weigh turnovers there. OU moved the ball pretty pretty easily in that game. It was just, I mean, it was catastrophic turnovers that that made that one closer and, and sort of depressed their score. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, like, I don't... One of the things that I was thinking while re-watching the game was that, like, if you didn't know that that guy was a true freshman, let's just, like, let's just... Let's just assume that the Spencer Rattler stuff didn't happen and it was always Caleb Williams coming into this year and it was Caleb Williams last season who was their quarterback. It wasn't I any sort of I feel like casual observer who hadn't watched any college football this season would have would have watched that game and would have would have been like, yeah, I think that guy might be the best player in the country. Yeah. Watching that. And I don't say that lightly. Like I've I've been sitting here trying to think like how can I say something like that without sounding dumb? And like I what we've seen so far, like I, I just like it's. I said to you right after the game, I was like, uh, "Is Caleb Williams the best player in the country?" Like, just did OU just kind of casually like? Let's be real. If if that is the case, just luck into that. Luck into what? I don't get that. What do you mean luck into what? Like, let's say, I mean, let's say he is. Let's say Caleb Williams is that guy. Let's say like this dude, because like right now, I don't think it's a stretch, and I and I think you know just relative to the rest of the season, there just because there hasn't been a lot of a star power this year in college football, Caleb Williams right right now 
is like the defining star of the season so far in college football. Mm. Like he's he's definitely the most talked about player right now in the country. Like not even close. That's yeah, a snapshot in time. Like right now, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess if that's the standard, I mean, like who's? Hmm, yeah, yes. It's 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 been a it's been a game and, just, and a half. Like, I, my. Yeah, I, I'm bringing up the scenario. If this guy really is what we saw, and if you go back and rewatch that game, some of the stuff that he's hitting, and some of the windows that he's kind of like. I mean, you brought it up. That one near the goal line where he stepped up and hit Braden Willis over the middle. That was so impressive. I just so impressive. I and mean, it was go back and rewatch that play. And there's there's a guy who is sort of draped all over him, and he throws a strike. He throws a freaking bullet, and hits and hits Willis right in the chest. That's not even mentioning the uh, the back shoulder throw to Hazelwood that was perfect. Uh, the RPO, the second touchdown pass to Hazelwood, which was just a BB that was in a tight little window uh, on an RPO, which is really exciting. If you go back and watch it, just think about what OU may be able to do later on with if they can if they if they're making plays like that. Not even I mean the the touchdown pass that Mike Woods dropped didn't catch, which was perfectly thrown. And go back, oh, go back and watch that. What a route by Mike Woods. I- I'm excited for you to go back and watch that and let me know what you think. That's a it was a great route. Um, but uh, I, the dude was just was so impressive. And then there there were plays right where he was where he underthrew some of his guys who were really wide open. There were a couple times where Mims, I mean, was just extremely open and perfect throws probably would have been touchdowns that he he kind of underthrew. Um, but man, he he hit on so many other ones where it's just like, yeah, he's give him enough of those and he's going to hit them. Those are going to turn into touchdowns eventually. Like it's so it's so crazy the contrast in what we saw on Saturday night compared to the five and a half games that we saw with Spencer Rattler. Like we were joking after the game, Williams threw the ball downfield, you know, as many times in that game as Rattler had the entire season up to that point. It felt like at least that yeah, would that's what that's, it felt. It's unofficial. Like. It's but yeah, it, it definitely felt that way because he he's giving guys chances to make plays and guys are rewarding him. And I went back because we talked a lot about this earlier in the year whenever Oklahoma's offense was not looking like Oklahoma's offense following, you know, Tulane. I mean, not really Tulane, but like Nebraska, for example, and then West Virginia, where they only scored 16 points and explosive plays were lacking. And I went back to count the explosive plays in that game and I count explosive plays as 20 yards or more. And OU had nine of those in that game. And it seemed like they had a bunch more just like, you know, 12 to 18 yard plays than they normally have as well. But not even counting those, but they had nine explosive plays. Five of them were runs. Four of them were passes. And I mean, it was it was Kennedy Brooks, 32 yard run. How about this? Early in the game, Trevon West, 35 yard catch. And he's become a thing because obviously they have a lot of rapport playing in the with the twos in practice. I mean, that's kind of obvious and kudos to Oklahoma. Ooh, that's another one. Another another note that I made um on that that Trevon West catch. That's also a great route. Um when you watch that, you'll be like, "Ooh, that was crisp and nice." And it definitely that that's what got him separation. Was his really good route. And it was it was nice to see him I mean, him he can run. He really can run. Um just kind of him sort of dashing cross I mean it's just it's great I mean it's it's great to see you, you, Caleb Williams in there and then all of a sudden Trevon West looks like a guy like I mean it's yeah it's it's awesome dude there were so many open receivers it was awesome yeah so 32 Brooks run 35 to Trevon West pass 
41 yards to Mims, 59 yards to Mike Woods, 28 yards to Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks, 45-yard run, and then you have Caleb Williams with 22-yard run, 41-yard touchdown run, another Kennedy Brooks, 25-yard run. And it's good to see it's not just uh, Marvin Mims getting those explosive catches. You had Trevon West and also Mike Woods and also Eric Gray out of the backfield. And, and the hope is as this season progresses and Williams gets more and more comfortable, you would hope that maybe Eric Gray starts to become more of a threat in the passing game because it certainly seems like they found you – know, Kennedy Brooks is the running back, and obviously Gray will get his carries too. Uh, but you know, a lot of this is a deal with health and lack of backups. Uh, Marcus Major is back. We haven't really talked about that at all. He got, I think, one touch last night, and it was a really bad spot for him. I think it might have been like a screen pass, and he was blown up in the backfield. So, hey, welcome back to college football, Marcus Major. So, I mean, he's going to be able to, to be at least a scholarship guy they can sprinkle in if they need now and then. He'll get, he'll get his feet underneath him. But, uh, yeah, so nine explosive plays, and Oklahoma averaged 9.1 yards per play in that game, which not even close. They're best of the season, and that's even including a, a, an FCS game against Western Carolina where – they, they did well in that game. They averaged 8.4 yards per play, but against TCU, they go 9.1, an FBS team. Uh, but, yeah, you laid out a lot of the reasons why Caleb Williams is good, and that's the thing is he's, he can do everything so far. And that my biggest question mark with him, go back and listen to this podcast, is can he throw? Because for whatever reason, the, the high school tape I always saw of him, it was 90% of him just uh, pulling the ball down and going for 80 yards which is what we saw his first snap against Texas, essentially. He didn't pull it down, but him having long, explosive run plays. And for whatever reason, the tape that I saw was him mostly running it, and so I just didn't get a good feel of him. Can he throw? And then in the spring game, we saw that, okay, yeah, he can. Like, he looks pretty good. He, could, he can make some throws. And then now it's, it's almost like he, you made a great point. Like, if you didn't know anything about Caleb Williams, you just turned on that game, you would think, oh, is this – is this uh, Oklahoma's veteran quarterback that's leading? Is this is this Spencer Rattler? Is this the guy that we've heard about being this veteran Oklahoma quarterback that's leading, uh, you know, the Heisman race going into the season? Is that Spencer Rattler? Like, no, 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 no. That's that's the true freshman quarterback that came off the bench because he's better than Spencer Rattler right now. And you're right; it, he's displaying so many traits of quarterbacks that have been playing this game for a lot longer than he has. And that's again why it's just so difficult to find new things to say about him because. What are you going to say, man? Like, what else is there to say about this dude? I, it's I, three of his four touchdown passes were nasty. The one, the one to Jeremiah Hall over the middle of the field, what, what, there was traffic over the middle of the field. He had to loft it over a couple of defenders, the back shoulder to Hazelwood, and then the RPO to Hazelwood. All of those were filthy. And then, and then yeah, you, you sprinkle in the, the really nice should have been touchdown pass to to Mike Woods that he dropped as well. I mean he Austin Stogner drops a drops a touchdown pass that could have been that could not have been any more perfectly thrown. Hit him right in the hands. Um I th- what can you say about the guy? Whereas like if just if if OU wouldn't have would have played a cleaner game, OU scores 60 plus in that game easily. I mean there there, there was enough there and like there there was enough there and they hit on enough stuff where it's just Man, it's easy to envision them just operating, hitting on all cylinders at, at one point in time. And what, I mean, what does this offense look like if that's the case? All right, let's go to three-word reviews. Get to those here in a post-game podcast for the first time in a while. Let me bring up the Twitter three-word reviews. I got the Twitter prompt up there after the game, so there will be more of these. 
Jed Castles from News 9, meteorologist. My coworker says, we want Caleb. And he quotes it, so he's referencing the, uh, the fans from a few weeks ago at the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know we talked about it a little bit. We've talked about it. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of fans walking around thinking like, yeah, like, I feel pretty good about myself because <laughs> Caleb looks like he's playing a lot better than Spencer Rattler. And, you know, not to say, like, if that never happened, if – I'm sure they would have eventually gotten to Caleb Williams anyways because of the Texas game. He, he wasn't, you know, Lincoln Riley would have made the move. He would have, so either way. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you watch Caleb Williams play right now. And it makes you wonder how close really was it in uh, the fall. I mean, was it really? I mean, obviously Spencer Rattler was going to win the job because he's the incumbent quarterback. But it, it really does make you think, like, man, like, yeah. Could he could he have been the guy from the start? Because <laughs> it's it's incredible the difference in players, man. And like, what if? And I know this is I, I'm sure this is just not the case, but I mean, what if that? What if this was? What if that was the issue in, in the first half of the season? Maybe that's what. What if that is what was off about the team? Maybe every time that it was every just, time Lincoln was, Riley said that we're close, he meant that. We're, we're close to replacing our quarterback with Caleb Williams. I'm more thinking it's just like the energy level of the team has just been a lot higher. And like it's if like what I what I'm seeing from Caleb Williams is 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 incredible. I mean, the guy is awesome. The guy is he's in his two appearances now. He's been better than Spencer Rattler ever has ever in, in the in the what the 18 games that we saw from Spencer Rattler or 17 um, and so it's like, what if, I mean, what if the team saw that and knew it too? It's, it's, it's definitely and, and possible. Maybe, and maybe it doesn't have to be as easy. Maybe it doesn't have to be as easy as like, oh, they saw it. And it was just like, oh, they knew they just couldn't win with Spencer. Maybe it's more difficult with that than that. Maybe they saw it and they were just like, wow, man, this sucks. Like Spencer was really good for us last year. This is tough. This is weird. It, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of nuance there. It's a, it's a good point. I mean, yeah, because, like, they all knew Spencer was their guy, but it's like you see this new guy come in and, like, oh, we get Spencer's a starter, but, man, they're seeing it in pre- – and how, how did that affect Spencer Rattler? Uh, I mean, in my mind, it should have made him work even harder to be like, okay, no, I'm, I'm the starter, guys. I'm going to prove you guys – and maybe he did, you know, but it's just like at some point the his limitations as a player athletically – you know, hinder his performance because Caleb can run the ball and he, he's more mobile. And that's like where Spencer Rattler, he, in order for him to be an elite type quarterback, he has to be incredibly good from the pocket. He has to be an elite player from the pocket, which means he's got to be able to diagnose. He's got to be able to go through his progressions. He has to be able to eliminate what's not there and find what is there quickly pre-snap and he's got to make good decisions but at the same time he's got to be able to push the ball down the field when there are opportunities there and we're seeing now with Caleb Williams coming into this Oklahoma offense there are multitudes of of opportunities to push the football down the field and get explosive plays that seemingly were not there for the most part when Spencer Rattler was playing this season they were there a lot last year so something changed something and and he needed to get better at that because that's how he's going to be able to separate himself moving forward in his football career from other players. He has to be elite from the pocket because he does not have the same type of athletic ability, mobility as a Caleb Williams. And and not many do. Very few do, if any. Don't get me wrong. I mean, since Spencer Rattler's still a great player, it's just at some point he's young and I'm sure Spencer uh, Spencer, I'm sure Lincoln Riley has talked about this cuz he's Lincoln Riley and he knows what he's doing. 
I'm sure that's there. At, at some point, though, it's going to have to click, and he's got to become really, really good from the pocket, and that's how he's going to be able to flourish whenever he gets another chance to play quarterback. And he, just, he didn't have that this year when he was in. And you look back at the numbers, I think you're right. I mean, statistically, technically, Spencer Rattler's first career start, if you go by the stats, is better now than Caleb Williams' first career start. <laughs> but also, Spencer Rattler started against Missouri State. And uh, you know, he was 14-17, 290, four touchdowns, no picks, a 303 passer rating. And that's we were pumped. That's great. Uh, technically, Caleb Williams didn't have that, you know, that good of a game against TCU. 243 passer rating. <laughs> but, you know, use your eyes. It's, it's, it's a much more impressive performance. He also had a just... He also just had a casually awesome right, touchdown which does run. Which does not where, factor into the passer rating stats, yeah. Yeah, where he made, where he made a cut that... I mean, I, I, it's... The, the cut that he made to evade the, the blitzing corner was, it was ab- casual. absurd. It was casual cut. How, it, was, it, was, it was casual, and then, and then he was like... And then he was full speed. Right I, I, love whenever guys point, was, I love whenever guys point out, hey, block that guy. I love that. I, I love that because right when he did that, I remember in my head thinking to myself, oh, he wants to <laughs> score. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I, think, I think QBR is a stupid stat. I think it's a dumb stat. I don't think it's very good. But for what it's worth, his QBR was 96.5. The reason why I think it's a dumb stat, and I've said it before on this podcast, this will be really quick. Baker Mayfield's rookie season, I think, he was, I think in a lot of ways he was better his rookie year than he was his his next year, his sophomore year with the Browns. I think he played a lot better. He had a lot more games where he was a better player. You look at the QBR from his rookie season and multiple games compared to his QBR in games his next season, his QBR in, in more games is higher in his second year than it is in his first year. And that's just, I watched all the games. Like, no, like he was so much better in more games as his rookie season. I think... I think the the pro and college metrics for that are a lot different. Maybe they are. Yeah, I don't know. Like I think the 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 one in college I think is a lot more solid because the one in college just kind of tells you what you already see a lot of the time. Because like if you go like Caleb Williams' QBR in the Texas game was like 98.5. I think it's the highest in any game so far this year. Okay. But yeah, we don't have to spend much time on this. Let's get back to three word reviews cuz I know we didn't get to them last post-game podcast episode and I like getting to them here. Our cousin Daniel says Rattler transfer portal. He's an OSU guy, so he's gonna he's gonna pile onto that. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's see. Child of God on Twitter says officials hate OU. I don't know where that comes from. Is there was there bad calls or something in that game that I'm forgetting or? Um, maybe. I I mean I don't know. I mean there was there was a lot of pi. I mean, there was a lot yeah, of pi that, that benefited. But, OU. I mean they they threw. They threw it a lot. Yeah, I mean, they, they threw the flag a lot. There was one that I saw. Um, I think it was it was one of the series where OU went three and out in the second half, whereas uh, they, he tried to throw kind of a, 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 a deep crosser to Hazelwood, and that, that was probably P.I. that was missed. Yeah. But also, I mean, when, I mean it was, um, there was there was just a lot of it. There was a lot of open. Uh, OU was open the entire night down the field. It was it was beautiful to see. So yeah, I apologize, child of God. I don't know what you're referencing. Sometimes, I, if you like, you can add 
you know, you guys can put your three word review and then maybe you can add like some context, like what, what you mean. Cause I, I'm just to, like explain maybe what you meant. Cause I'm not, I, I don't get that one. So if you want to, if you hear this and you want to explain it, let me know. Uh, that's, that's always great. Cause you know, you guys, you guys can put more than just your three word review. If you want to give some context of like, maybe we won't get it cause we're stupid. Let us know. Uh, Travis on Twitter says secondary needs work. Absolutely. And another one, he says, where's the pressure in another game? I don't think Oklahoma had a sack last night, Grant. And the, the, the front four, we love it. It's good. But it's when it doesn't get home, Oklahoma's defense looks really bad, like it did last night. And, yeah, it, you know they, they can get some good stops here and there. I know they got off the field on fourth down. Brian Asamoa had a nice play. He looked really fast through my camera lens tackling Max Duggan. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, whenever there's not pressure on the, on the quarterback, the Oklahoma defense is – easily in the, in the bottom half of college football, if not worse. Uh, Josh at Shaq Adams has a few. He says, Superman has landed. That's a good one. D-backs get cooked. And hat trick Hazelwood. And I know, I think we mentioned Hazelwood once or twice already, but uh, that was, he after the game, he said, yeah, I haven't had a game like that since high school. <laughs> uh, you know, three touchdowns for him. It's good to see him get it going. And it's, it's just, it's cool to see. And, and you talked about it, like, these receivers are making plays and Caleb Williams is allowing them to make plays. And hopefully this is just the start of that. Hazelwood is, um, Hazelwood's a lot bigger, uh, in person than you would really, he's, he's a lot bigger than he looks on TV. Um, I I just, yeah, I mean that the RPO touchdown pass, I'm just salivating. Uh, that could, if, if they can get the timing down on that, that's something that could just, that, that could pay dividends for them. So, so much in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, the sky cam view, it looks like a play that that we saw, and maybe you mentioned this earlier, and I just I I zoned out. And I didn't hear you, but it looks like a play that we saw Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray run a bunch, and boom, just reading that, reading that RPO, reading that linebacker, waiting for that window to open, and then making a perfect throw, and he did that. Lamont on Twitter says hitting our stride. Dave says great first start, obviously referencing Caleb Williams. At Aaron Varner six says defense needs by. <laughs> they need to get healthy, that's for sure. They need to figure something out. At Oki Maid says just keep winning. They keep winning. And hey, speaking of that, so Oklahoma seven and zero. I mentioned at the very top, first time Oklahoma seven and zero since twenty nineteen. And Grant, think back to twenty nineteen when Oklahoma was seven and zero. Remember how excited we were at that point of the year because the offense was really really good. It was the first year of Alex Grinch. The defense looked pretty good. We were talking going into that Kansas State game about how like this is like, okay, we're starting to think this is like a legitimate national championship contending type team. And then Kansas State happened and they they didn't go to eight. No, they went to seven and one. And it was almost like at the drop of a hat was like, okay, wow. The defense just got exploited big time. I And now it's they're they're seven and oh, like they're still everything's still ahead of them. The offense is now figuring it out. They got Caleb Williams in there. But now the defense like before before they have a chance to go at eight no or seven and one, we're already kind of like, all right, like we know the defense is a problem. So I I, I can't help but think about that. It's like a difference, you know? <laughs> it's like at least back, you know, at least now we know that yeah, there's an issue. Back then it was almost like, eh, I don't really see any issues. <laughs> yeah. It feels like like you said, yeah, I mean, where where the defense is, it kind of feels two thousand seventeen ish right now with the defense. 
Um, probably not quite as bad just because the of the ceiling of the pass rush and the, the defensive line. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's definitely interesting. But I mean, the, the big difference now is that instead of going on the road to play a pretty decent Kansas State team, you get to go to Lawrence to play one of the worst teams in the country. Probably, I mean, outside of Western Carolina, bar none, the worst team that they've played yeah. this season. So, I mean, that's like... That's that's comforting in the sense that eight no is extremely likely, and you know that, you know, gets them one more win closer to the bye week, of course. But geez, man, I hate Kansas week. I hate it yeah. so much. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great. At Bobby seven one one seven seven has a great one, and I'm glad you brought this up, Bobby. Onside fair catch, small part of the game, but it deserves a lot of credit. Bryson Washington, an incredibly heady play in the second half. On the little pop-up onside, Bryson Washington calls for a fair catch. Not only does he catch the ball, he calls for the fair catch, draws a penalty. I mean, that is a heady play, and then you know it leads to a really short field. Oklahoma goes down and scores another touchdown. So I know that that was that's one of those things. It's a small thing, but he deserves a lot of credit for that. Really, really heady play. I that was pretty much everyone in the stands recognized how good of a play that was right away. Good. So I, I, I appreciate that. And maybe, hey, maybe Bryson Washington, I mean, they're they're not afraid to rotate literally anybody out there for all the defensive positions, but yet Bryson Washington has yet to play any meaningful defensive snaps really at all. The only time we've seen him this year is against Western Carolina. I mean, it's all about practice. That's what Alex Rinch always says. But, man, like, maybe this guy needs to get a shot out there somewhere. If not – if not safety, put him at corner because apparently they're super thin at corner because Billy Bowman was playing corner in that game because they're so thin there now. Joel on Twitter says, covered the spread. Indeed, they did. Covered the spread yet again, and it wasn't just a three-and-a-half-point spread like last week. It was a double-digit spread. So that's, hey, baby steps, right, Grant? You know, like, uh, they gave up 31 points. But hey, take yeah. it. I just whatever. I Just give me the dub right now, and I'll, I'll, I'll take Caleb, and I'll ride into battle. Just give me the dub. Sooner fan one two oh eight says Kyler Murray clone. I, I mean, he's he's playing better. Uh, Kyler was pretty awesome his first couple starts in in twenty eighteen. So I mean, there, yeah, yeah. Kyler was Kyler was awesome pretty much immediately. I would say right now, like his his body type reminds me of Dak Prescott. Um, yeah. but he's more. He's got he he very obviously has more. He's got more wiggle than Prescott does. Let's uh, Dan Park says defense playing chicken. <laughs> uh, the poor defense. Joey says Caleb for Heisman. I mean, this is kind of like a, a hot topic after that game. What, what are your thoughts on a guy that hasn't played for, you know, five whatever games? Like, is, is it legitimate to throw him into the Heisman discussion or does he need to play a certain amount of games? Oh, I think it's a it, it's a fun thing to say right now. But no, I mean, if this is... <laughs> If this is Caleb Williams and like this is a thing that continues throughout the second half of the year, in like a year where there really hasn't been any huge stars, no, I mean it's not crazy. Yeah, I get to that. Me. No, I, I get that. Smiles says Eaton play upside with the question mark, and this is kind of I think is referencing to what you said earlier. Like maybe Josh Eaton needs to play a little bit more, even though that he didn't make that one play. You said that you liked what you saw, so maybe he should play more. Yeah, I mean it was. His length played very well on that play. Um, he just it, he played it really well. He's just you know he just next time just don't get the ball ripped yeah. away from you. Um, I I told you this like after 
it was someone at TCU should be fired for that guy only having 12 catches and 200 yards coming into that game. Quentin Johnston, right? Unless unless he's just unless he really just has not been healthy at all, which I, I mean I guess I'm not sure. More three word reviews on Twitter at Lee Benson News Nines where you can put them after the game. Derek uses the Terrell Owens or Terrell Owens, however you want to. I think it's Terrell Owens. The gif from years ago where he's kind of kind of choking up in a press conference and he says, "That's my quarterback." <laughs> that's a good one. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Still looking for more three-word reviews. More from Joel. This is interesting. I don't know really what you mean by that. Maybe because he says Bowman experiment over. Uh, I don't know if it was really an experiment for Bowman at nickel. I think he was the best guy for the job, and they they clearly think a lot of him that they moved him over to corner because I guess they feel more comfortable with Broyles, you know, mixing at nickel here and there. Uh, and Jeremiah Cradell can't well, play. Well, no, I mean, they moved him to... They, oh! They moved him to corner because DJ Oh, I, my bad, Joel. You mean, like, experiment with him at corner is over, probably. That's that's probably what he means. Sorry. I. Yeah, he had a rough... Bowman had a rough day. I mean, Bowman probably had the had the worst game of his uh, of his career so far. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's just he's got to play better. But you know, he's 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 flashed a ceiling this season where I you know I'm I'll I'll take the bad with the good for a true freshman like that. I think he's going to be a really good. I player do too. And I will say though, I, I I sure would like him to play a little bit better at corner because I think if you're good enough to play nickel. I think corner shouldn't be corner should be even easier, man. Like you have less responsibility from, and he could he couldn't turn his head. Uh, it, yeah, it's just I mean it's new. It's a new position, I guess. So there you go. But yeah, I agree. I think he's gonna be a good player as well. Let's do one more from Twitter at <laughs> uh, the underscore Kodiak forty five says. What a show. Indeed. Let's go over to Facebook. And I put the prompt on Facebook kind of uh, kind of late. It was this morning. And, of course, I don't have it pulled up. I'll start with a message. And sometimes I forget to, to put these messages. Or I forget to read these messages. Uh, Michael messaged us and said, I don't think this team is capable of playing a 60-minute game. They certainly don't play complimentary football. That's uh, fair criticism. All right, here we go. On the West of Everest Facebook page, Tyler says, still missing tackles. <sighs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, yeah, and I said this after, you know, one of the, the, one of the big bugaboos, right, of the secondary is that they're not physical, they can't get off blocks, and they can't tackle. And football, that's that a problem. A problem. <laughs> uh, Mark says, need healthy DBs. Indeed. Harry says, sooner blow out frogs. Sooners blow out frogs. Good stuff. Very rare to get a blowout this year. Tyler says unhealthy defense concerning. Yeah, it, it's it's the defense is a problem, guys, and you're all you're nailing it. Everyone's nailing it. Uh, Reginald says thank you, Caleb. <laughs> uh, interesting from Scotty Moore. Criticism for the defense. He says speed D looking slow. It is man. I mean, like whenever this defense doesn't play well, it just kind of makes you think, ah, eh, what's going on. Shane says Caleb takes command, and also he says tackle, tackle, tackle. Uh, interesting one from Ryan. Ryan Helton says offense or defense. Yeah, it's like it, it, they can't have – and then he says, why not both? <laughs> it's like how many times have we said 
have you been here, Grant? It's like they can't figure out both at the same time. <laughs> they just can't figure it out. And I like this one from from Philip, and this is technically for a forward review, but he he puts this the first word kind of together. He says nine yards as one word, nine yards per play. Boom, explosive offense, good stuff, good three word reviews, guys. Appreciate your feedback on that one. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think: is there anything else that we've missed? Because normally your three word reviews kind of throw out stuff that maybe we don't remember to touch on. The Bryson Washington one's a very good one that we didn't touch on uh we didn't touch on we didn't touch on Deshaun White him fumbling out of the back of the end zone I you know with that that would have made it that would have made it 52 to 24 I think right sounds right because I think that was right after Caleb's touchdown run um I don't have a problem with him I, I don't have a problem with him trying to score there at all uh you know whatever it's did you go back and watch that play did you see uh, the replay yeah, or was yeah. there was there an opening for somebody to pick up that last guy that got him? It's, Honestly, no? no, I didn't. I that's not something I was watching closely, but I didn't get that sense. It wasn't like overwhelmingly obvious. No. Okay. I'll give Deshaun White credit. I'm with you. I I have no problem with. I never have any problem with defensive guys doing that. Like scoring a touchdown on defense, it would be awesome. And so I, I get it. You're not supposed to reach the ball out like that. I know they even talk about it. But I'm I'm gonna cut a guy slack on defense who never gets to score touchdowns, and also, and it, yeah, this shouldn't matter. But it's a game like you're up by a couple scores. Like it, if the game was tied, and like I maybe you'd be a little bit more like, come on, man. Like, but that's a I mean that's a huge I mean that's a that's a game I mean that's a that's a nail in the coffin play if he scores there. I mean it's it makes it a four touchdown game, and that's that's all she wrote. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I'll give Deshaun White credit for uh, his self-deprecating humor. On Twitter last night after the game, he put out like a, like a Madden rating thing, just a tweet that says, agility. And eh, Deshaun White, eh, I don't know if your agility is 95, man. Eh, 95 is pretty high. I, I mean, you're a linebacker. Like, how many linebackers have agility in 95? But eh, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. But at the same time, he says his, his awareness is 83. All right, that's probably a fair awareness rating finesse moves 91 power 88 ball security 12 so making fun of the fact that he uh, couldn't hold on to the ball so i think that's pretty he actually, funny he did a good job he kind of went like right when he first recovered it, he did he like he did a good job of running through some arm tackles i mean it, it was a good play that just sort of went off the rails at the end and also just to throw this out there for the last thing danny stutzman on twitter is clever for a, a freshman in, in college. He's funny, man. I don't know if you've seen it, but... Are you talking about the, the like, tweet where he where he took a picture of Shane Witter and said, great first start, <laughs> Caleb, or something yeah, like that? Yeah. <laughs> Which it's got to be some sort of uh, a, a inside joke on the team that Shane Witter and Caleb Williams like have the same haircut or something and like, look the same. It's like, that's really like, funny. I think they're... Like I think I think Witter is is from like the same kind of region too, or may, at least close to it. Maybe they're and and also just not even that. Like he uh, after I think after the Texas game, he just like randomly his profile picture. He switched to Kennedy Brooks's like high school rivals photo. I think where he has glasses on, and it's just like he's just like propping up his teammates like with their old high school stuff. Right now he switched it to Brian Asamoah's like high school rivals photo. <laughs> uh so yeah I, it's he's he's 
being funny, and obviously all of his guys think he's funny. And, and he did say that. He said uh, on the Shane Witter picture, he said, guys, usually my content is original, but Isaiah Thomas told me to tweet this, so I'll give him credit. So apparently that was Isaiah Thomas's idea to tweet that out. So it's got to be an inside joke where they maybe they confuse Shane Witter and Caleb Williams and stuff at practice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. I mean, they wear the same number. So Oh, that, that's true. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, I don't have anything else to say about this game. I, uh, this is Treat this one as uh, the game just ended. This is us just riffing on it, man. It's, it's, I mean, the offense is great. It's, it's cool that we're here and the offense is good again. <laughs> and I, I kind of like the joke that people have made here and there. Like, oh, all of a sudden now the wide receivers are magically open again. What, what is different? What has changed? Like before it was like, eh, it's different, man. It's, it's different. It's crazy now, right? Way. Like how after just, you know, you just the quarterback change and it's just like all of a sudden, it's, I mean, even in the first it was it was kind of a question mark in the first half of the season. Now all of a sudden, don't OU's receivers just look downright salty? Yeah, they do. They like, do. I mean, and remember how last year it was a big thing after the season was over? Like, man, the receivers they got to be better. They underperformed this season. I mean, Theo Weiss is like the only guy. And then Marvin Mims had a good year, but it's like you need you need more out of these guys. And then this year, a lot of it has been like, man, they need more out of these guys. And then the last two games with Caleb Williams just throwing passes, it's like, all right, these receivers look pretty good. <laughs> all right, they're, they're I making mean, plays. It was, I mean, in that game, uh, Mims, Hazelwood, and Woods looked like a, a very formidable top three. I mean, that's, that's tough. I mean, you have size there. You have speed. All of those guys can take it to the house. And then you even have, I mean, and you still have Drake Stoops and Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis is starting to catch more passes. Uh, it's I yeah I mean if they can really get this thing humming I mean they they don't have it's not like they have zero weapons they got a lot of them. All right, Grant, let's get out of here. Uh, we'll have a midweek podcast coming up. I can't imagine how much we're going to talk about Kansas, but there'll be plenty of other things to discuss, as there always are going into the next week. Oklahoma seven and zero. The offense has seemingly been fixed. Caleb Williams is playing great albeit against bad defenses so he's doing exactly what he should do against bad defenses but as a caveat Oklahoma had played some bad defenses earlier in the year and and we're not looking this good we all know that Kansas is up next Grant then a Texas Tech team that's meh but it's a good point man not to look too far ahead but what a great setup this is for Caleb Williams getting these games getting more comfortable playing this well going in Hopefully Oklahoma, not going to look too far ahead, but hopefully Oklahoma is still unbeaten going into that final stretch, and that will be super interesting, man, when they face off against all of those, those good defenses against the, the better teams in the Big 12. But I'm, I'm already breaking my own rule. I'm looking way too far ahead week to week. Next up is Kansas, and the Jayhawks are what we shall be looking forward to next, as unfortunate as that may be considering it is KU. All right, we will talk to you later this week, guys. Until next time, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.